At Wheaton Park District, we manage 54 parks, dozens of playgrounds, tennis courts, and a mini golf and skate park. We have an accredited zoo, a county museum, multiple athletic fields and sports complex, two swimming pools, 150 acres of nature preserves, and a 27-hole golf course and banquet facility. Everything else is just a talk in the park. On today's episode, we explore unique programs the Wheaton Park District offers its residents. Jason Garvitt, the owner of Mobile Escape and Axe Throwing, discusses the trend of axe throwing and the exciting new league coming to the Park District this fall. Megan Panic, Mary Lubko Center Manager, shares an exclusive trip you won't want to miss. And now, for our first interview, please welcome Jason Garvitt. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, absolutely. For about the past 14, 15 years of my life, I worked on a boat. I worked on the tour boats in Chicago. I started Mm -hmm. off as a tour guide and a deckhand. I've always been in the entertainment industry. I went to school for acting and theater and directing. And I thought that would be a six-month summer job, which ended me there 14 years, and I I became (laughs) a captain for them. I became part of their um, marketing and promotions team and helping out with that and really got to learn a lot about hospitality, tourism, and especially private events. I was one of the head captains for private events. We did a bunch of corporate events, weddings, bar mitzvahs, things like that. And then in 2015, I was getting the urge to get back into that theater mode, get a little Mm -hmm. more creative again. So I started Mobile Room Escape. I had done an escape room for my birthday. I thought this was super cool. Nobody was on their phone and said this is a great way to get back into the creative industry. Uh, So we had been kicking along with that for about three years and ever so slowly I've been watching axe throwing, kind of picking up momentum and speed. And the thing that I loved about the escape rooms was that it's a big team-building experience. Correct. And I didn't want to be that guy who just brought, you know, a bunch of, even though there's nothing wrong with it and they're fun, but like bouncy houses and face painters. Mm -hmm. I wanted to bring something that was not only fun and entertaining, but can bring some value that when we leave, um, whether it's axe throwing or escape rooms, you leave with great goals and things to work on for yourself. So, yeah, I'd been axe throwing before at different Renaissance fairs and, you know, had loved doing it and decided it was time to, to build our mobile axe throwing trailer. Very unique background, which I think is kind of goes with our episode of unique programs and unique ideas. So it's kind of great uh, getting that information and knowing that you didn't start out that way, but you turned it into something. Yeah, and I think one of the, the big things, too, with, with axe throwing, it is an organized sport, and I know I'm not um, 180 pounds anymore. I'm 185. That for <laughs> those of you listening, that's very, very off. But the cool thing is is that it's an organized sport that anybody can do. I have had kids right. as young as 8-year-olds uh, throwing axes. We've had Boy Scouts, uh, teenagers for birthday parties. We do a ton of adult groups and corporate team-building events. And honestly, you know who sticks the axe every time? my 60 to 70 year old group because they don't overthink it it's not about overpowering with your arms it's about learning where to stand how to throw correctly and they tend to be the best at listening to directions (laughs) on what to do so they get it right away fun the axe throwing it's become very trendy now as you know i mean i saw it on espn you know a couple weeks ago where they have the tournaments and the leagues and all that Mm Where did the actual idea and when did you come up with the idea? Because you had said you had thrown axes before, but when did you really think it was a viable business option to kind of go out to places and start 
coming to festivals and park districts. Yeah, I, I mean, axe throwing, just as whether it was for hunting or sports or games, that, that goes back to cavemen. The cavemen were doing it. The Europeans were doing it. The the Nordics were, were huge with Vikings and, you know, throwing axes. And then it started to turn into more competition. Really about like 15, 20 years ago are when some of like these places started to uh, to pop up and say, hey, we're going to stop throwing axes at trees in our backyard and create more of a sport, more safety guidelines with it also. And for for me, it was just kind of, you know, like I said, I had done the escape rooms for about five years. I had loved throwing axes and I'm just always watching for what's new, what's trendy, what people like. And you know, I remember I go to the Renaissance Fair up in Bristol every year. I throw axes there. I throw them at different Renaissance fairs and a few other festivals that I've been to. And it's just fun. It's exhilarating. You throw three axes and they, you know, they drop on the ground and you get frustrated. And then you finally you get that last axe and you throw it and it sticks. It may not be on the bullseye, but it feels good. It feels like you accomplished something and right. it really didn't take that much work. And I like that. I like that personal feeling. And I love the feeling with the escape rooms, too, of people, whether they're successful or they're not successful in completing the room, of walking out and feeling that that you know self-importance. Hey, you know what? I, I may be the low man on the totem pole at work, but I figured out that puzzle that got us you know to this answer. And the same thing with axe throwing. You know, I may have started off not hitting the target at all, but by the end of it, I got the shot that won the game for my team. And I think that's just a great feeling um, to have. And uh, sort of going back to that feeling when you're a kid and you, you know, you learn how to ride a bike and you fall down a bunch and you hurt yourself. And then you finally get back up and you're like, okay, I got it. And then you start going a little faster and you feel the wind blowing on you. It's kind of like that for axes. It can be a little frustrating at first, but once you get it, man, it feels good to know that you've accomplished a new skill. So I think that's kind of how I, I started off liking this so much as opposed to other forms of mobile entertainment that we could have gone into at the time. Okay. It's nice. You know, like you were saying, one it only takes one thing to bring you back the next time. Stick it once out of 20 throws and you're going to want to come back and get addicted. And, you know, it happens in golf and other sports. So it's nice, you know, you can relate to anybody from kids to adults uh, with this type of activity. So yeah. It's very funny that you mentioned golf because I've had a lot of golfers participate. And when they start to get it, they compare it to golf because, and besides driving range and mini ball with my kids, I haven't done much. But, you know, they, they say it's that feeling of when you're in the zone and you're not thinking about it anymore right. and you just you hit that let ball it go and, and let it soar. Yep. And it's kind of the same thing. It's when you stop, you know, you got to get all the little skills down. But once you've got those skills and you stop thinking about it, it becomes very easy and fulfilling. And um, I mean, you can really pinpoint where on that four foot by four foot target you want that axe to stick. I don't know. I'm not convinced. <laughs> I did it when I was in Canada with my family and I got so many tries and never once did I hit the target. Maybe you didn't have a good never instructor once. like they have. So, I mean, that could come down to, you know, it's not it the <laughs> student, but it could be the teacher in this aspect. It, and I, I absolutely agree with that, with the teachers. And so myself and my other axe masters, what I consider us more, because none of us who are throwing axes right now, you know, grew up as a child saying, I'm going to be the greatest axe master <laughs> right. in the world yeah. and win the ESPN uh, you know, World Axe Throwing League belt with the, the golden axe. Mm -hmm. But 
it is the coaching and it is the teaching. And it's knowing that if you have somebody who has a bad right arm or somebody who has, you know, they walk up already and they're like, this is scary, I'm not going to do it. It becomes more at that point about where you stand and helping them to build their confidence in themselves. Yeah, so uh, you could definitely, you know, you could throw five axes at a target and hopefully get them or hopefully not, but that's not what we do. Our axe masters are here to make sure, A, you're having a good time, B, that you are successful at the end of the day with it and and acquire a new skill, Mm -hmm. and figuring out what makes, you know, you tick and the way we teach you may not be the way we teach the entire group. Yeah, so are the instructors certified? Yep. So all of our instructors, they go through training which basically has started from me, me learning how to throw axes and Mm -hmm. learning what worked, what didn't work. And we go through a training process of not only how to set up our our mobile axe throwing trailer so that it's, you know, safe and sturdy for everyone, but how to correctly throw it themselves. It's very hard to give a demonstration and you can't hit the target right. and stick it to it <laughs> yeah. and then expect everybody else to. We also, all of our guys are first aid and CPR certified. Never had to use a Band-Aid out of our, our first aid kits that we carry, but it's also, you know, safety. Working on boats my whole life is a very important thing. So yes. they're all first aid and CPR certified. And uh, yeah, we, we go through extensive training, not just how to throw an axe, but the different games that we provide, scorekeeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, it can be very easy once a team wins one game and feels successful and they go and they celebrate to, that there can be a lull in the activity. But our guys are entertainers also. So how to mm-hmm. keep that enthusiasm and that adrenaline up to play a couple of different games back to back. What other like safety measures you, do you take into consideration? Because you know, if you have kids and you know older people and you know even adults, I mean, again, it's an axe; it's sharp, uh, so people might be concerned about that. So, what would you tell somebody if they were concerned about the safety aspect of this? No, that that's an uh, excellent point. Obviously, safety is the number one concern. So. I was I was talking about before we started this interview a little earlier uh, with any sport whether it's football baseball axe throwing maybe not chess but the rest of the sports <laughs> out there uh, it is very important to know that you are engaging in a physical activity and that there is always a possibility for injury which may not be from hurting yourself on an axe it can be you know tripping over something because you weren't paying attention to where you were walking so we do remind people that you know, this is a sport, there's always the possibility of that. But here are the pluses. So we are part of World Axe Throwing League, also known as Waddle, W-A-T-L. I'm sure they don't like to be called <laughs> Nice that. acronym, right? Yeah, right? So so Waddle, World Axe Throwing League, is one of about three or four major leagues that have kind of um, popped up. And if you've seen on ESPN some of the axe throwing competitions, the first uh, world finals of it uh, was actually in Chicago, from World Axe Throwing League. World Axe Throwing League is who you see on ESPN. Okay. So not only have they set the rules for their competition for league play, mm-hmm. but safety guidelines as well. How far you need to be from the target, how much overhead clearance you need to have, how much clearance to the left and the right to you do you need to have, when you can throw the axe, when you are allowed to go get the axe after you throw it. So there is a huge amount of guidelines, and with everybody that throws, whether they're throwing you know, five axes for, you know, Uh, an hour or two, or they're just going to pick up those five axes and throw it for two minutes, you get an extensive safety speech on what Mm -hmm. to do and what not to do. Your axe master also, and I don't know what your experience was when you went to Canada throwing. None. 
None, none. <laughs> none. So, it, so exactly. They, they are there watching you the whole time. Even mm-hmm. if you are an expert thrower, they're going to make sure that you're throwing it okay. And also we're going to make sure that you're throwing it. It doesn't necessarily have to be our way of throwing it, mm-hmm. but there are people who like to, you know, think that it's like old school Mortal Kombat <laughs> or Street Fighter and do a twist. Bef- you know, th- there's none of that. So we're here to make sure that it's not only safe for the person throwing, but the people around them as well. It's good to know, especially that you have an organization that you follow their standards. There's rules, there's guidelines. Somebody always is some sort of standard that you have to meet to. So. Yeah, and if um, you know you you look at the history of NFL, um, you know NBA, MLB, you know all all the different leagues. You know rules have been changed throughout the years, not only to support the the growth and change of the games and the technology behind them, but also safety standards as well. So, yeah, it's a, it's a newer sport, and we've already seen some changes in the way that leagues are played and a few of the safety guidelines. So we keep well up to date with that. We get weekly emails from them and make sure it's a safe experience for everyone. Definitely. Last question. What is the one thing you want people to know about axe throwing that they might not know already? So... You know, we we can go over safety again, but I think that's all. That's a very easy answer. That's something right. that once you start to throw axes, you're going to hear about a lot. But what I was talking about earlier with the confidence and gaining a new skill, I I just recently I took my kids out to Utah. And we we're not an outdoorsy family. We we tend to go to big cities and museums and some mm-hmm. theme parks, but we went whitewater rafting and we went off roading. And the thrill that we felt after we accomplished these things that we had never done before, it's great. It reminds me of being a kid and that first time you hit a home run or rode the bike or I was a musical theater guy. So, you know, after, you know, 20 days of trying to get a certain dance step, I finally got it, whatever it might be, leaving knowing that you've learned something new and that and that you feel good about yourself. And as a kid, I think that happens a lot weekly. We're, we're always, you know, we're picking up a new skill, a, a new hobby, uh, new friends. As you get a little older and things get busy, you don't get that time anymore. So I'd say the one important thing, whether you choose to do axe throwing or pick up a tennis racket or, or whatever it might be, is just having yourself feel accomplished at the end of the day. There, there really is, it's amazing when somebody gets into the axe throwing trailer and we teach them a position to throw at. It's a very easy position to throw and hit the target. And you see them right before they go to throw the ax, there's a hesitation. And then, of course, they go to throw it and it doesn't hit. And I'll go up to those people and I'll say, I know what it is. It's one thing that you're missing. And they go, what is it? What is it? And I said, right before you throw, you pause. And I can see the doubt in your face that you're, you know, oh, it's going to fall. You're going to screw it up. You're not going to hit it. You're not going to do it. And it's so important, even if you, you know, it's really having to pull it up from inside of you, having that confidence. And when you say, okay, I'm just going to say, you know, forget everything else and do it. And you do it. It feels so good. And that's what we hope to to bring, uh, you know, for people with mobile axe throwing is, yeah, we want you to have fun and have some competition, but we want you to feel good about yourself at the end of it. And, you know, go home and show pictures of all your friends that, you know, what you did and Mm -hmm. what you accomplished. Confidence is huge to have in anything. And I think that's a great attribute to be teaching people in such a unique way that maybe it's not somebody's first thought of, oh, I'm going to 
got confidence from throwing an axe at a 30-minute demo, you know, at the park district type of a thing. So it's it's a great, unique program to have, and we love that we were able to partner with you and, you know, bring axe throwing to the park district and see where we can grow, you know, in the you know coming months and the next years with everything. So we really appreciate you coming in, answering our questions. You know, it was great to learn about the business, learn about the safety, the you know the leagues the standards the organizations that are out there and kind of where the idea came from and bringing it to a business which is great to have yeah well thank you we're, we're really excited about it and really be enjoying it come this fall and we're excited about the league and working with you guys as well thank you special shout out to all those people that have tried x throwing and never once got it on the board you're not alone again thank you very much appreciate it and looking forward to working with you in the future thank you guys thank you we now have on Megan Panic from the Mary Lubko Center. Megan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, you just want to talk a little bit about your background and experience in the senior uh, world and uh, where you came from. Sure. I've actually worked with seniors about 15 years now. Um, I started at the Displains Senior Center, which was called the Frisbee Center. No, not named after an actual Frisbee, but a lady named Eva Frisbee. <laughs> um, and then I went to the Glenview Park District. I was there several years and the Arlington Heights Park District. And I've been with Wheaton about a year and a half now. A lot of experience, and yes. that's nice. Yes, I chaired the IPRA Senior Committee for nine years, um, so I know a lot of folks in the industry, and um, it's it's a pleasure to work with seniors. It's a joy. Those that are not familiar with the Mary Loco Center, do you just want to give like a brief um, background and what you guys do? That way, some of the rest. Oh, absolutely. Um, I would say the thing we're known for is definitely our day trips. We take about 45 out a year, um, most of those full buses. So lots of folks out on day trips. We also offer extended travel. We do fitness classes. We have events, um, luncheons. We have a two choirs, actually, that meet at our facility. We have a tap dance group. Um, we keep busy for sure. So what's been one of the best trips that uh, you guys have offered? I think my favorite, we actually just um, got back from, in April this year, we went to Greece, and we took 40 seniors with us, which I would have never imagined that when I started here with the Park District, that I would be escorting 40 seniors to Greece, but we did, and it was amazing. Our newsletter, which is out right now, it's our fall newsletter, is actually, our, the cover picture is the Parthenon. So we took all of those people up to the very tippy top of the Parthenon, mm -hmm. and it's quite a walk, but they made it, even with canes. Um, we had some with mobility challenges, but we made it up there nice. and got to enjoy the beautiful view of Greece. We went to Mykonos. We saw the windmills. We went to Santorini. We saw those blue-domed churches that Greece is known for. Extended travel is super popular with us. Um, we've actually just got back. We had 20 people in Iceland. We have 10 people going to the Blue Danube. We're going to Tuscany next year. So it's pretty popular. And I was also thinking day trip, the most, I guess, the best trip I've ever taken. Uh, we went to, it was called A Day in the Country. And we met Trudy Temple, who started Market Day, and spent the day with her. And she was the most amazing person. And everyone walked away feeling like, I would just say, just good spirit and she was so interesting to kind of learn why she started Market Day. And then we went to a sheep farm, which doesn't sound like it would be that much fun, but it was actually a lot of fun. I now know all about wool processing and um, got to meet a couple of the lambs, which was fun. That's awesome. How long are typically the trips when you travel? Uh, like when you went to Greece and those things, like are they three days, four days, 10 days? Yeah, it varies. Um, Greece was 10 days, but then a lot of our day trips are just single day. So we might leave at 8.30 in the morning and we might be back by, you know, six or seven in the evening. Um, and 
extended trips can vary. We've got a five-day trip to New York next year, but then we've got like a 12-day trip to England. So we've got a little bit of something for everyone, or at least we try to have a little something for everyone. Okay, bucket list. What, in your opinion, would be the one place you would love to offer a trip that you have in either in your career or here with the Wheaton Park District? You're going to laugh, um, but I've always wanted to go to this reindeer ranch. It's in Rantoul, really? Illinois, and I pestered our tour coordinator long enough that she planned it. Nice. So we are going in November oh, to a reindeer ranch. Um, we actually get to pet the reindeer, which I'm super excited about. <laughs> um, and it's also a Christmas tree farm as well. So they have, I think they said, like 5,000 trees on site. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's so silly, but I've wanted to go, and it's taken me 15 years to get someone to plan wow. it for me. So Hardy's Reindeer Ranch. That's amazing. I've never heard of it. I've like uh, I've never neither. heard of anything like that before. <laughs> I think it's going to be fun. November 5th. If you want to go, you're more than welcome to join I'm going to ask my boss the day after work. <laughs> yes. so I can We're go all going to go. Right? Field trip. Yes. Yes. It's going to be so much fun. But again, I've I've begged everyone to go. And everyone's like, no, we're not driving to Ranch to pet a reindeer. I'm like, but we are. So we are going. I'm very excited about my bucket list trip. <laughs> oh, congratulations. That's amazing. <laughs> That's going to be exciting. <laughs> So I know you talked about the most po- like the best trip that we've taken, but what's like the most popular trip that a lot of people are really excited about and everyone signs up for? Yeah, believe it or not, it's Hamilton. Um, we've taken five buses already, and we have a sixth trip planned in Jeez. October. So we will have taken over three hundred people to see Hamilton. You're keeping them in business. Yes, and you know what? It's um it's a great trip. They mm-hmm. get to have lunch at Paterino's. They go see the musical, and it's it's an expensive trip. It's almost three hundred dollars, but. It's definitely worth the money. We have amazing seats. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy to me that 300 people are willing to spend $300 to go see Hamilton. So we would keep going, but it's this is its last final run. So we'll be there in October to All see All good it things out. come to an end sometimes, yeah. That's unfortunately, true. right? That's true. So we'll see whatever will be the next big, big hit downtown. I'm sure we'll go there too. With planning trips, uh, the hardest thing about them, is it price? Is it getting people, uh, picking the days and times? Like, In your opinion, what's the hardest thing about planning these? I think the hardest thing is working so far in advance. And I'm not sure that all of the people who go on our trips realize that we work six to eight months out. So getting a trip all coordinated and run and then having to advertise it takes a lot of time, especially with our, our schedules here with getting newsletters out. People often come in and they bring an article about a really great exhibit at the museum or a play that's only going to be here for a month and having to explain to them that we don't have enough lead time to get that accomplished for them Um, because there's a lot of cool things out there we want to do. We just don't have the time to market them and and sell them because we try to take a full bus to everything and um, only being able to put a flyer out is definitely not going to fill a bus. Yeah, definitely that lead time of working so far in advance. So I know you've talked a lot about programs and events that you guys do, um, but what's one other thing, if there's anything you can think of that the Mary Love Co Center, whether it's a program or an event that you think a lot of people might not know about, what would you what, what would you pitch them? I would talk about our sit and be fit class. It's a fitness class that takes place at a chair for those who maybe aren't as mobile or they can't stand for a full cardio class. And it is the most fun class I have ever been to. I actually take the time to try out all of the classes that we offer. So when people ask, I can give an honest opinion. And these ladies are the most hilarious group I've ever sat through. <laughs> it You do get a pretty good workout from it. I was kind of surprised. But you do get a lot of like endurance and strength training. But they laugh through the entire 45-minute class. It is a joy to go and sit with them. They meet on Wednesdays. 
<laughs> I was just shocked at how much fun they have because you're thinking, oh, it's a fitness class. A lot of people dreading having to go and right. get up. Mm-hmm. These ladies come rain or shine, snow, hail. They don't care. They want to be there. And again, just an amazing time. They're the most fun group I've ever met. Okay, last question here. What's the best piece of advice you have gotten from a member at the Mary Lubko Center in your little over a year you've been at the Park District? I think it's to have fun with whatever you're doing Um, because a lot of the times as the planner, we get caught up in the details of making sure that everything's where it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. and everything's on time, but just to really sit back and enjoy it because, again, we've gotten to do a lot of neat things throughout my time. Just a year and a half, again, I went to Greece and... I got to actually sit back and enjoy that. Um, And that probably wouldn't have happened 10 years ago when I was getting into the business and getting comfortable with it. But now I can actually go and enjoy those trips. And um, somebody reminded me of that recently, and I'm glad they did. If people want more information about trips, programs, events, where can they find more information? Yeah, a couple different places. You can always go to the website, um, wheatonparkdistrict.com. And our website um, actually has a link to our newsletter. You can also pick up the newsletter at both the Community Center and the Mary Lubko Center. And you can always give us a call at uh, 630-665-1415. And we can mail anything out to you or discuss if you have any questions on classes or programs or events or trips. We're always there to help. We appreciate you coming out and talking about trips and uh, hopefully uh, we sold some more seats on buses and uh, airplanes for you guys. (laughs) And again, if you're looking for more information, you know, reach out to the Park District, Mary Lepco Center or Megan, and uh, they'll be happy to get the information back to you. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. We had a great summer at the Wheaton Park District, especially in August. We had Brewfest, which welcomed over 1,500 ticket holders, volunteers. There were more than 90 different beers for people to try and over 30 breweries. Overall, it was a great day. It was a big 90s party. I think a lot of people had fun. I mean, Sounds I like a lot fun. of fun. I had watching it. I mean, I had fun watching everyone. I wish I could have gone. I, did, I haven't gone the two years uh, that I've been here, but I'm really looking forward to getting out there one of these years. That's fun. What else do we have going on? In we had the uh, pools just uh, closed up. You know, we had a good last run of weather here uh, the last couple of days of summer. Summer we did camps. Have a very hot summer. All yeah, year. we did have a lot. Uh, it, summer came a little later than expected, but mm-hmm. uh, finished out the year pretty good. Summer camps wrapped up uh, a couple weeks ago. Kids are back in school now, but summer camps went um, amazing. At least um, from my perspective, uh, it's great to be able to. Mm-hmm service hundreds of kids each week for our summer camps uh, across the rec and athletic department. We had a great summer at the park district overall, so we're looking forward to next summer already, but we have a lot of exciting things. We also had our axe throwing demo, which uh, is a new trendy uh, sport that's coming around. We had 33 people that showed up. Uh, a couple people from the pool just walked over and you know stopped by, signed the waiver, and did it. Every single person that was there uh, got an axe to stick in the target, which was great. And we're looking forward to the league that we're going to be doing in October. So Discover Wheaton Park District, we got a couple events that are coming up that we just want to highlight uh, to give you guys some information and uh, let you know what's coming up. So we have the Pumpkin Fest at Cosley Zoo, which is going to be the entire month of October. It's going to be 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. So come on out. There's going to be pumpkins there. You'll be able to see the animals. It's going to be you know, great to have for the entire month. And we also have the Oktoberfest, which is going to be Saturday, October 5th, from 2 to 8 p.m. It's going to be on Wesley Street. Amy, what else do we got going on? 
so Light the Torch Night Run is at the end of September. It's on September 28th, which is a Saturday. The run goes through downtown Wheaton, and it is the third 5K that we have. And then obviously Reindeer Run finishes off that series. But it goes through downtown Wheaton. It has a really cool route. There's luminary lanes. There is a pre- and post-race street fest that's open to the public. Um, So come join us before and hang out. And then the race starts at 7, so you'll be able to run through downtown Wheaton, the nice sunset in the background and then there's a laser show at the end and we give away glow sticks and all that fun stuff so join us and if you want to register go to wheatonparkdistrict.com amy what's the question from the email bag for this week yeah so someone asked where they can find information on some of the projects that are happening throughout the park district we obviously have the memorial park construction going on Central Athletic Complex is almost finished. If you want to find more information, you can go to wheatonparkdistrict.com and there is a Capitals Projects and Improvement page which talks about playgrounds that are under construction and you can find more information on there. And we also post some images on our Facebook page and on Instagram and Twitter if you're interested in seeing some progress. But that's where you can find the most up-to-date information. Thank you for listening this month on some unique programs that the Wheaton Park District has to offer. We'd uh, love to say thanks to the two interviews with Jason from Axe Throwing and Megan from the Mary Lubko Center. Additional information on any of those programs that we have to offer, please head to wheatonparkdistrict.com. Thank you for listening. Be sure to download, rate, share, and subscribe to A Talk in the Park wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow the Wheaton Park District on Facebook and Instagram at Wheaton Park District. Additional information on Wheaton Park District programs and services can be found at wheatonparkdistrict.com. Until next time, this has been a Talk in the Park. A Talk in the Park is a production of the Wheaton Park District.